Welcome. This is going to be an interesting one. Again, this is Rachel Schmitz, your host, and I'm flying solo tonight. I had an episode all planned on boundaries, which we will do in the future. But tonight, I wanted to talk about something interesting that happened to me recently. I was invited to be on a panel for a meeting, and it was a meeting for moms or anyone who fulfills that sort of a role, even as a teacher or an auntie or a grandma or anything like that, or they work with children in some capacity. And it was a question and answer format. And it was actually a follow-up from a previous time that we had talked and given um, a little bit of a presentation. I don't know, however you want to say that. There were six of us moms that gave a, a story, a testimony, if you will, of something that happened in our life and what we did about it, and what came about. And some of them were hard to share. Some of them were hard stories, but they were real. And the goal was to build camaraderie. In our culture today, it is so easy to compare, to feel guilty, to look over the fence, to see if the grass is greener over there. With social media, Facebook, Instagram, How often do you see people posting the junk in their life? Their kid who bumped their head and you, they show a picture of the goose egg. When do you see this stuff? No, no, no. You see the cute little first day of school picture. You see the, oh, we had this outing and this is a part where my child was not having a meltdown. This is the happy moment. So what you, we are seeing in others' lives are the highlights, the best moments Those are the ones you share with family. And it is easy to just go through what's called those infinity pools, meaning those endless feeds of Instagram, Facebook, news, etc. Endlessly, mindlessly filling our brains, filling our eyeballs with all the best of other people's lives. And where does that leave us? That leaves us feeling empty. Why does that leave us feeling empty? Because we see the best of everyone's life and we know the worst of ours, the boredom of the day in, the day out, the mundane, another load of laundry, another pile of dishes, another (laughs) poopy butt wipe, sorry, moms, you understand, another meal to plan and cook, another fight to break up, another lesson, another time as being (laughs) the bus driver, bringing them to soccer practice, getting them to school, helping your husband get through a hard week, getting texts from friends saying, I need this, I need this, I need prayer, or planning an outreach you have coming, getting that to that parent-teacher meeting, whatever it is. Your life feels so mundane, so monotonous, no thrill. I wish I could have traveled. I wish I could have done all those things that I wanted to do. Yet here I find myself in the boredom of everyday life. That is the emptiness I am talking about. If you have spent even moments on social media, you can quickly find yourself here. And I don't want this to be about social media. The whole purpose, the whole heart of this today, right now, as you're listening to this, whenever you listen to this in the future, is to stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop looking over at the other fence 
over your neighbor's fencing if the grass is greener. Stop feeding on those feeds. <laughs> Stop feeding on it. It's called a feed for, have you ever thought about that? It's called a feed for a reason. Because we're, our eyes are feasting on what we, we shouldn't be feasting on. Why do we need to look at the highlights of everyone else's life? Why can't we shut that off and start making a list of the good things in our own, of the victory of our child reading through a book on their own, independently for the first time, of our child reaching out to help us, of the love that we have for one another in our home, that though it may have been hard, though there may have been a struggle, though there may have been a fight, we worked it out and moved on and learned something. Thankful that we have food on the table. Thankful that we have some sort of technology to listen to a podcast right now as you're hearing this. <laughs> Thinking about the good things. A good friend that you have that's there for you. My God in heaven, Jesus Christ who died for me, ever thankful for the gift he's given me. Freely as I have been given, freely I give. I am here today not because I know stuff. I am here because I have been helped over and over and over throughout my life by so many others. Other people's other people have been praying for me over the years. Other people have reached out. Other people have said, you look a little down. Can I help you? Other people have encouraged at times or challenged me. Why, why do I want to share with this with you today? Why do I want to share with you that I was on a panel that felt really awkward and a struggle? One where the audience was to ask questions and I was on the panel very, very humbled, didn't feel like I belonged on a panel answering questions that moms had. I'm like, what am I doing up here? I just turned 39 a few weeks ago. I have five children, 13, 11, 9, 7, and 3. Great kids, but I have so much to learn. The older I get, the more I realize how little I know. But the good news is there's people in my life that I can ask questions that I can look at as an example, as a witness, and I can glean from them. Gleaning is an interesting word. One of the things I think about is Ruth and Naomi. This is a really, really powerful story. Naomi was widowed. Her husband died. Her, she had two sons, and they were both married. Her two sons died, leaving her two daughters-in-law also as widows. What happened was she told them to go back to their own countries. And she said, you need to go home and find a new mate. Go home to, to where you were born. Go home back to your family. Well, one did. And that was fine because that's what Naomi told her to do. But Ruth, she was pretty tenacious because she said, wherever you go, Naomi, I will go. I will not leave your side. She was faithful. And the story goes, it's a true story, it's not just a fairy tale, is that they went back to a land where Naomi full well knew that there would be a family member, a distant relative of Ruth's that could be what they called her redeemer. What that meant in the times of, of the Israelites is that the closest relative would take on this widowed lady, and they would take her on as their wife, 
and then they would also take on any land that was associated with her. Well, the closest relative was not interested, but there was one man who Naomi knew could be a fit. He wasn't married. His name was Boaz. And Naomi, Naomi was very wise. She, said, she gave instructions to Ruth because see, these two as widows, they had no one to provide for them. So whatever they ate, it was through the generosity of others. And Naomi said to, to Ruth, go to the field, go to the field of Boaz and glean with the other women. Gleaning is when those, the, the workers would go out in the field, they would start collecting the grain and it would be this, these big stalks and they'd start collecting in and some of the wheat, some of the grain, what have you, would fall off. And what they what gleaning means is that they would gather up the grain. And good landowners, farmers, would let those less fortunate, those poor people, glean. And they wouldn't stop them. And Boaz saw Ruth working hard, sun up to sundown. And he found out her story that she was faithful to her mother-in-law, Naomi. And he told the men in his field, protect her. Don't let anything happen to her and let her take as much as she wants and even purposefully make sure grain is falling out for her so that she has extra to gather. Naomi quickly saw that Boaz favored Ruth and she gave her more instructions in what to do. And what, long story short, it's actually not that long. It's only four chapters in the book of Ruth. But what happened was Boaz ended up wanting to marry Ruth. And so he went to the man who was her closest relative, who could have been the redeemer. And he said, do you have intentions of of redeeming your relative Ruth? And he said, oh, no, nope, I can't. I have a wife. Nope, I can't do that. And so Boaz was the next in line and he went to Ruth and Naomi and he asked for Ruth to marry him. And it's just a beautiful story of Ruth being vulnerable and being willing to have other people in her life to speak into her life and to let and to be so faithful to Naomi and so open with her that Naomi was able to instruct Ruth. And what ended up happening is Her life was restored and Boaz was an incredible man. And if you look at the genealogical records in Bible, they're completely historically accurate. The lineage of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the savior of the entire world comes from Ruth and Boaz. And that wouldn't have happened if Ruth, when her original husband died, if she did go back to her original homeland, as Naomi had instructed her, but rather she stayed with Naomi to stay faithful. Why does this tie into me having this bad panel experience question and answer event the other night? This ties in because the event felt very awkward. It was very open-ended, which, you know, sometimes you don't know what you're going to get into, but there, it was like really hard for people to ask questions. And once a question was asked, those of us on the panel, we were very willing to answer. 
not, we're not psychologists, we're not counselors, we're not certified in any sort of way. We're just moms who have experience. We have a love for all these women that were there. And we're want to share what we know. Not that we know it all by any means, even a fraction of everything. Oh my gosh. But what we have been given, we want to give back. That's the whole reason why this podcast, Intentional Family, exists. Because I have received so much and I want to share what I'm learning. I want to share the, the struggles I've been through, the victories I've had. And if I can help anyone in any way, I want to do that. Who am I to hold back any good that's in me to give? Because it's not from me anyway. Every good and perfect gift is from God above who I love and who has been with me my whole life. I cannot hold it in. Have you ever shaken up a bottle of soda <laughs> and then you take the cap off and how it explodes? That's how I feel if I don't share. And it's not in a know-it-all thing at all. It's if someone asks me a question, I want to answer it to my, the best of my ability. If I don't know, then I'll say I don't know. And if it's appropriate, I'll try and do some research and find out. But the lag time between questions on this panel the other night was so very awkward. And those that graciously asked questions, it didn't, it's hard to describe. It just felt really uncomfortable. And maybe there's some tweaks that could have been made to how it was, we did it. But I feel like what it is, is we're so sensitive. We, in our culture, especially this American culture, we can be so touchy and sensitive, especially in 2021 with all the junk going on in the world, all the struggle, all the trials, all the, the, all the stuff going on in the news, um, all the things going in the for, on foreign soil, everything. There's so much. Disasters, natural disasters. Oh, there's a lot. And because of all that, when we don't, we're not careful, we become extremely sensitive or thin-skinned where things bother us and affect us differently than they used to. And when we're in that that's, um, position of being sensitive and touchy, then anything anyone says to us, like we can take it wrong. And we're not, we don't have ears to hear because we're hearing wrong. We're seeing things wrong. And it's like when I started talking about when we are just looking at other people's Instagram posts and seeing the best of their life and then feeling really pretty empty and awful about our own life because my house doesn't look like that. My kids don't look that great. They, they don't wear matching outfits. I didn't go on vacation to some beach island resort. Who cares? <laughs> when we're not seeing things right, when we're ungrateful, when we're filling ourselves with stuff we shouldn't be filling with, we're touchy. And we don't, we're not in a position to learn and grow. But when we're doing what we're meant to do, when we are filling ourselves up with what we're supposed to be filling up with and guarding our heart and guarding our eyes and not just looking at other people and comparing ourselves to everyone else, then we're in a position to ask questions, to receive the answer, to receive help, to not be too proud to ask for help 
pride is a real issue. Pride comes before the fall, how true that is. And when if we're struggling with insecurity because we're looking where we shouldn't look, insecurity is a slippery, slippery slope. When we're, not, when we're insecure, we have a very shaky foundation. And it reminds me of this story of the man who built his house on the rock versus the man who built his house on the sand. Well, we know what would happen if a storm came and someone had a house built on sand. Well, that would be washed away rather quickly. Yet if the wind and the waves came, the hurricane, for example, that just went through the southern part of the U.S., if that hit the house on the rock, a very strong house, it it would stand Maybe some shingles would be knocked off. Maybe a part of the house would have some damage, but the house would be there. The one on the sand, forget about it. That thing is gone, long gone, long gone. But that is a picture of when, if we're insecure, we are on the sand. Sinking sand. We will sink quick. And guess what? We take those closest to us down with us. Yes, your children, your spouse. Instead of pulling others up like we're meant to as leaders, as mothers, as fathers, whoever's listening to this, you are a leader if you've gotten out of bed, led yourself out of bed, made yourself do something today. (laughs) Hey, you had to lead yourself. When we're secure, when we know who we are, when we know where we're going, when we're looking at the right things, when we're staying focused on our calling, our destiny, our occupation, the day-to-day doesn't seem so drab. Throwing in that quick load of laundry doesn't seem like a chore. The bottom's not going to fall out after that another load of dishes done. After your dog that you just got made an accident in the house again, that's not quite house-trained. Or that toddler who doesn't want to be potty-trained. Or maybe they were and then, oh... They regressed and all of a sudden you feel like they forgot everything and they're not even using the potty anymore. You feel like, oh, you want to pull your hair out. Okay, let's all just relax. Take a deep breath. It'll be okay. I think about those women in times before us and I feel as though the threshold is pretty weak oftentimes in our generation. I am guilty of this as well. I think about these women and sometimes as you're studying history with my children, we read Little House in the Big Woods. It was in 2020, right after everything was shut down through the pandemic and COVID when it hit. We spent time in Door County in a cabin with this huge fireplace and I sat by the fireplace and I read to my kids, Little House in the Big Woods. And what this did is this gave us all perspective. We all sat there chapter after chapter. And, and it, I, don't, I don't recall exactly how long it took us to finish, but we were up there for a few weeks. And I just remember having these fun conversations like no running water. What, do you, what would you think if you had to be the one to go out and pump the water every day? And building the fire to cook anything and keep the house warm and walking 
all over and taking the horse and buggy and just coming to a great, great, deep appreciation for what we have. If our latte isn't done quick enough, if the checker is taking a little bit too long, if our child is dawdling at their schoolwork, if you've had to ask them to clean their room for the fifth time in five minutes, we start to feel like we're on sinking sand. I would say that is an indicator of our threshold being rather low. And this is by no means intended to bring any of us down. This is intended to bring perspective because I have been there. I was there this week at times. It is time to increase our threshold, whoever you are listening today, to increase our capacity because we are capable of handling and enduring much more than we have ever before. I think about Corey Tinboom, who put her life on the line over and over to save innocent Jews who would have been hauled away to concentration camps. The men who were Nazi soldiers, the young men who had come to her in secret and hate to see what the Nazis were doing and they would renounce everything before Corrie ten Boom, hand in their, their uniforms to her and they would flee. And what Corrie ten Boom did is she took those uniforms and young men who were with her to save the Jewish people. They dressed up as Nazi soldiers, posing as these soldiers. They went into a Jewish orphanage and they saved over a hundred babies secretly. These are the people that inspire me. It's not just people I hear about in books or through famous quotes or history texts, novels, biographies, autobiographies. It is those living among me. It is this woman in my life who is my pastor's wife, who has inspired me over and over the 16 years almost that we've been at our church, who is such a strong, inspiring woman of God that she always has a way of loving, challenging, and loving some more. If you don't hear right, you just hear the strength and, the, and it's too hard. You're asking too much of me. But when we see the love, when we hear the love, when we know, nope, this is where I'm called to be. This is, I know I'm supposed to be in this lady's life and she's in my life for a reason. We will hear the hard things and our life will be better for it. I think about my mother who has story after story of times when she was a young girl and shielded her siblings from the abusive dad. I think about the times where she was left to her herself to fend for herself. And she was widowed at such a young age. She was left with four young children on her own. At 26 years old, she was widowed with a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 4-year-old. I was a 6-year-old. Yet I have memories of her loving us, pointing us to Jesus, bringing us to church working her tail off to provide for us. There's Christmases where I remember a family delivering all these beautiful boxes because my mom couldn't afford any gifts. 
And that is the Christmas that stands out to me the most of all the childhood memories of Christmas. Why? Because I I, I was blown away. I knew it came from Jesus and he loved us and he he worked through this family to provide Christmas for us. And I still remember, I don't remember what toy I got, but I was old enough that the clothes were really important to me. And it was these really cute white jeans and a purple top. And purple was my favorite color. And I still remember that outfit to this day. Why, why am I sharing this? Because there's people in my life that are heroes that have a high threshold and have walked through greater trials than I have. And they have come out on top. They have come out victorious. They haven't wavered. They haven't stopped that is inspiring. My mother is inspiring. My pastor's wife is inspiring. My sister, who is, I would argue, my best friend besides my husband. My husband's definitely my best friend. But after that, my sister, we've been through a lot together. We both had to learn responsibility at a young age growing up in a single parent family. And her, even way more than me, even because she was the firstborn. And the things that we have been through together. There's been good times and bad times. There's times where we had to step back from each other and get space. But today we are so close and it is a healthy, beautiful relationship. But she inspires me. She's so willing to grow and to do the hard things and to look at herself and change. And that inspires me. She's able to pick up from the successes or the failures in the past and let the past stick behind and not impede her forward motion, her momentum, her vision, her future. That's inspiring. And there's so many others, so many others. I've been homeschooling my children since the get-go. My oldest is in eighth grade. He's 13. And I never wanted to homeschool. When my husband posed the question, when my son was three, our oldest was three, I was like, Ew, why would anyone want to do that? I had some bad experiences with things I had seen growing up with homeschooling. And I was like, eh, that, no, why would anyone want to do that? That does not look appealing. But I had a total change of heart because my husband's like, why don't you just pray about it? And I felt as I was praying, like God really led us to do that. And this is, I don't know, what is this? Nine years of doing it. And I'm so happy we've been doing it. It's incredible to walk with our children through this journey. And the relationship we have with them is just, I am so thankful for that they will come to us and ask us questions, the oldest two in particular. All the questions that they ask us as they're getting to those ages, they just they just flat out ask us. And then we answer them. And then we have this discussion. That curiosity the question answering, asking and answering, the Q&A, that's what inspired this episode. That panel that I was on, where the, it was really awkward with people asking questions because it, there was this weird vibe in the room. <laughs> it felt awkward. But asking questions is natural. Little children are excellent. They're exhausting with how many questions they ask. But somewhere along the way, as adults, most adults, forget how to ask questions. Maybe it's because their questions weren't answered. 
and they were just pacified or like, okay, you need to stop asking questions or they just weren't answered. Maybe we settled. Maybe things were just too hard. So we thought we're just going to try and figure it out on our own. Do it alone. But why don't we get back to being childlike? After all, the Bible talks about, now if you're not a Bible-believing Christian, just think about a child right now. That natural curiosity they're born with is a gift. What we're curious about, what we ask questions about, that is the place of learning. If you want to learn, if you want to grow, if you want to increase your memory, increase your knowledge, increase your brain power and develop your brain capacity, asking questions and finding the answer is an exciting life to live. And as parents, we should never be ashamed to ask a question. And our pride should never, ever get in the way of us asking questions. Oh, but if I ask the question, everyone's going to know my problem. You know, don't we? People probably know the problem anyway. Let's be, let's be real here. And who cares? If you need help, ask for help. If you've never potty trained before, ask those that have done it. What are your best tips? What do you suggest? If you've never given your kids, talk to your kids about sex, ask parents that have, that are older than you or have kids that are older than you, than your kids and ask them like, how did you, how did you do that? How did you give the sex talk to your kids? Whatever it may be. Maybe it's, maybe you have a child that's really fearful and something happened and you're like, I don't know how to deal with this. Start asking. Surround yourself with the right people. Don't be afraid to ask. Be humble. Ask. Find the answer. Let the answer sink in and figure out how it applies to your life. Let's not to say we should give unsolicited advice. That's why I am pushing for let's ask questions and find the answers. No one likes unsolicited advice. I don't like unsolicited advice. Your kid's acting up and then someone pipes in, you know what you should be doing. Every mother hates that. (laughs) Can I get an amen? (laughs) But what I'm talking about is being willing, being humble, being eager, desiring to get a solution enough to ask. Once you start, it's not that hard. Because you'll want, you'll get so excited that someone gave you an answer that hit the mark and worked for yourself or your child or your marriage, that that's going to spark such inspiration and curiosity and a desire to find out more. Why reinvent the wheel? That phrase is so good because it's like, okay, the wheel was invented. So why would an, an inventor go about trying to invent another wheel? Like that was already invented. Just how silly is that? That's what we do as parents or spouses or leaders or whatever, fill in whatever role when we don't ask questions, when we don't look to others for guidance to see what's worked, what's not worked. Are you one that asks questions? Are you curious enough and humble enough to seek out help? I have a friend tonight when I was at church. And she asked me, she's like, my child's nerve cries when she goes to school. It's her first time at school. She just had a few days. And she says, do I have to go back? I don't want to go back, mommy. 
she's like no you have to go back that's what we need to do you're at the age now we need to go to school and she just asked me do you have any suggestions and I was so I was so proud of her that she's one of those moms that's not afraid to ask so we talked about it and I affirmed things she was doing and I shared a few things that I've done because we've been through that with some of our children. How refreshing. Find people you can do life with, not against. Against meaning comparing yourselves. Being so afraid to put off the, your perfect life and your perfect moments to keep up with the proverbial Jones, the Joneses on Instagram. Who the heck is that? No, you just keep your nose in your own business Stick in your own fence. Stop peeping over. See if the grass is greener. Let me let spoiler alert. The grass is not greener on the other side. Because once you get over there long enough, you're going to start peeking back to see if the grass is greener back where you started. So just stick with the one that brung you. (laughs) Stick with the kids that you got. (laughs) Stick with your own life. Be thankful. Ask questions, surround yourself with the right people, and let's glean from one another. Let's have that growth mindset where we are humble, eager learners, but we are willing to learn from everyone. When was the last time you learned from your child? Who maybe said something you didn't want to hear, but it was the truth? If we're humble, eager to learn, we can receive the truth from anyone. Thank you for listening to the Intentional Family Podcast. We can be found at intentionalfamily.fm. Until next time, join us in living life intentionally. Intentionally.